In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who comes in order to show us that it's not about our winning and our losing, but it's about His righteousness. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, the sermon question for this morning, I said, was maybe a little bit shocking. It's this question of, did Jesus fail? And it comes from that, that part of the gospel reading where it says that Jesus could do no mighty work in his hometown, that he could do no mighty work there, that he did maybe some chintzy little things. Um, you know, that, that's kind of the, the impression that Mark gives us. He's like, oh yeah, he healed a few sick people. And we're like, well, that's something, Mark, come on. But, but Mark is saying, hey, there's something here that Jesus couldn't do. And that in itself, I think because we're Westerners, I, th- I think because we're Americans a lot of times, that really grates us. And we go, wait, Jesus, Jesus couldn't, couldn't do anything? Are you sure that that's a correct translation out of the Greek? And, and we, we kind of start to go, ah, man, I don't know about that. That really kind of, well, that, that, that gets me here because all of a sudden I have to start reinterpreting everything I know about Jesus. If Jesus failed, well, that's a problem for me. And the thing is that, well, the, the reason that you feel that way, if you feel that way, is because you're equating failure with sin, And they're not necessarily the same thing. I mean, if only they were, right? Then maybe we would pay a little bit more attention to our sinning. Because we pay a lot of attention to our failure, don't we? We, we pay a lot of attention when something goes wrong, when something fails, when, we're, when, when something happens in our lives, and we're like, well, that's a failure, and I am not a failure, so I am going to do something about this. And so, uh, you know, those failures happen because maybe we didn't prepare well enough. And so, if a failure happens because we didn't prepare well enough, well, we go, well, I'm just going to prepare a little bit better. Now I know what the game is like. I'm going to go into this the next time that I have that opportunity. And I'm going to be well prepared for this. And I'm going to win. I'm not going to fail. Or maybe it's that, well, he didn't give it 100%. You know, it was one of those days he just kind of showed up and you're like, ah, well, you know, I'll just kind of see what happens. And then you fail. And you go, oh, well, I know that I've got to bring my A game to this next time. I've got to give it 110% next time. Because of that, you, you go, oh, okay, well, you know, I, I am going to walk into this situation that I failed in before. And I'm, I'm going to win it. You know, we get very Charlie Sheen about it. Good laughter. That was a while back. And, and so this winning thing, this is important to us. And this failure thing is important to us as well. If only, you know, we treated our sins that way. If we were like, hey, you know, I walked into this temptation. I wasn't prepared for it. I fell into temptation. Next time, though, I know better. I'm going to spend some time this week. I'm going to prepare myself for when that sin is going to come up again. And the next time that temptation raises its ugly head, I'm going to knock it down. Yeah, but we don't really do that. <laughs> or, or maybe it's, it's one of those things where we're like, well, you know, last week I was tempted into sin, but, 
Yeah, I, I was only about 50%. So I know the next time I've got to come at it with 100%. I've got to come at it with my A game. I've, I'm going to beat the sin. We don't do that either. <laughs> because for a lot of us, we, we just kind of go, well, I'm, I'm a sinner. Yeah, I say that every Sunday morning. If I go to University Lutheran every Sunday morning, I just go, hey, I'm a sinner. God, forgive me. And so pretty soon we, we start to think of that in kind of the wrong way. You know, we, we start to think that, well, sinning is maybe what we do as our job for God. Where, where we're like, oh, well, you know, uh, I'm a sinner, and so therefore I should be really good at it. <laughs> and so what I'm going to do is, well, you know, I had this opportunity to sin this week, and I just did not prepare well enough for it. You know, I, I, I've had this opportunity to really make some authority mad. Maybe it was my parents. Maybe it was my boss. And I only made them a little bit mad. Um, and I can do so much better. I know that I can. I believe in myself. I can do this. It, just give me another chance. Or, or sometimes it, it's, you know, uh, it's sort of this sense of, of those sins that you commit by not doing something. Where, where you're like, well, I know that God called me to do this, and I really want to sin against that. And so I, I didn't do it. I, you know, pat me on the back there. Uh, but I thought about it. And, oh, man, I thought about that good work. Man, I need to never do that ever again. Because at least in that sense, we're winning. Right? And we know that God will come and he will meet us in this place or he'll meet us uh, when we, we confess our sins and he'll say, you're forgiven of that sin. It's gone. It's over. You know, thank you very much for play playing. You brought your A game to that sin. But... When it comes to Jesus doing that, well, then we get a little cagier about it. Because then we're like, okay, so Jesus couldn't do a good work. Does that mean that Jesus is a loser? And we, we don't like going there, but I think that that's eventually where our hearts and our minds have to kind of end up when we're talking about the story about him in Nazareth. Where we go, okay, he couldn't do something. That shakes a little bit of the foundation of what we think about Jesus most of the time. Because what we think about Jesus most of the time is, oh, he's perfect, he always has perfect hair and all of those pictures. He's also a white guy, weirdly enough. But anyway, um, but, but Jesus is saying, hey, there's maybe something here that is, well, maybe Jesus doesn't care about winning and losing as much. Maybe Jesus is caring about something else. To us, we go, well, that's silly. Because winning and losing, that's everything. But Jesus says, well, no. There's more. There's this whole sin and righteousness thing. And what I'm concerned about is, is sin and righteousness. Winning and losing, sure, that can happen or cannot, but sin and righteousness, that's, that's the important thing. And so when Jesus is walking away from Nazareth, he's not kicking at the ground and saying, oh man, those Nazarenes making me look bad. 
I can't do a great work in their town because they're rejecting my power, which is probably what's happening there. That's probably the subtext of how to understand what's going on in Nazareth is that they're not willing to believe that he is able to do this. We just got done with another story just before this where people were commended for their faith, commended for their, their expectation and their sense of possibility in the reality that Jesus could be somebody who could do something for them. And here in Nazareth, they're like, uh, isn't this Joseph's boy? <laughs> yeah, I knew him when he was in diapers. He's nothing special. But that's kind of it. Jesus isn't walking away dejected. He's not walking away with this sense of his pride being hurt or even being disappointed that he, quote, unquote, failed or lost. Instead, he's concerned for the people that are in Nazareth. He's concerned for the people that are in the next town. Because for Jesus, the important thing isn't winning or losing, but that he's righteous. That he goes to do what he is there to do. And what Jesus is there to do is to proclaim the word of God. And for him, that's not a thing of winning or losing, but that's a thing of being true to what God has brought him into the world to do. The whole reason that Jesus is on this earth is so that his righteousness can reach humanity. That righteousness is wrapped up in who he is for this world. That righteousness is wrapped up in that he is here to proclaim who God is. That he is here to not only proclaim that, but that he is here to heal the sick that he is here to cast out the demon, that he is here finally to die on the cross and to raise again from the tomb. Speaking of that cross, it looked like an utter failure. It looked like an utter loss. In fact, that's exactly what it was. If you think about the cross, the cross is the greatest loss that we have ever seen in human history. It's even bigger than Sweden losing. (laughs) And crazy English people rioting in an Ikea. (laughs) Google it later. But that's the greatest loss. What happens on that cross? Well, not exactly that cross, but one like it. What happens there? is that God loses his life. If that isn't a loss, I don't know what is. It's the greatest loss we've ever seen. But it's also the greatest show of righteousness that we've ever seen. Because when God loses... On that cross, he shows us the greatest amount of righteousness that human history has ever seen. Out of that show of righteousness, he gives us the overflow. Out of that show of righteousness, out of that loss, he gives to us righteousness. 
And he doesn't care if that righteousness results in a win or a loss. He says, this is my righteousness. Here, you take it. This is my forgiveness. This is the thing that is going to bump all of those sins out of your life. This is the thing that is most important. Forget about winning and losing for just once in your life and care about sin and righteousness and care mostly about righteousness, about the way that righteousness can come into your life and it can knock that sin out. And then when Jesus comes back and we are in the resurrection together, that that righteousness is going to knock sin out for eternity. That is what Jesus cares about. And sure, we have to go through the losses in our life. We have to go through the tough times where we explain our faith to somebody else and they don't quite get it. And it feels like a loss to us. But it's still righteousness. We still have to pray for things that maybe won't happen. It feels like a loss. But it's still righteousness. So when Paul is praying that his thorn in the side may be taken away, and God says, nope, not going to do it, it's a loss. But it's still righteousness. And maybe if we, as the body of Christ, as the people that are baptized into Jesus' name, as the church of this person who didn't care about winning and losing, maybe if we stopped caring so much about winning and losing and cared more about sin and righteousness, maybe we would actually, ironically, see a few more wins. But that wouldn't be what it's all about anyway. Because what it's all about is that righteousness given to you. Not because you're a winner. Not even because you're a loser. But because you are loved by God. So may you this week May you throw away that dichotomy of winning and losing for just, just a week. Maybe even for some of you, just a day. Throw away that dichotomy of winning and losing. And instead approach life with this dichotomy of sin and righteousness. And see how it makes a difference in your life. Especially when you remember that you have been given all of the righteousness you need. And that God has promised to wipe away every sin that you have. Do that this week. Amen.